So what does that actually mean? What does it mean to focus on the gospel? Does that mean we only talk about what Jesus talked about? We only focus on the red letters. We only focus on the gospel, the Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Yeah, like where do you draw the line, right? Yeah. Yeah. Welcome to the Eyes on Jesus podcast with Drew and Tim, two pastors discussing practical details about life, leadership, parenting, and being more centered around Jesus first. The goal of this show is to help you keep your eyes on Jesus through the busyness of life and clutter of your schedules. Now, join us for the conversation. Welcome to the Eyes on Jesus podcast with Drew and Tim. Drew and Tim are here. I'm Tim. This is Drew over here. Where I'm hey, I'm here. The other way. That's right. So the other are, way. That's right. We're on video too, just in case you listen to us on audio and you want to see video. That's available on YouTube and the major places you can get us are Spotify and Apple Podcasts. But uh, there's some other smaller podcasts out there you can listen to us as well, as well as the Edify Network, the Edify app you could download on the App Store, E-D-I-F-I. And we're excited to be with you for another episode. Drew, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm doing really, really well. Started off a like a really, really busy morning. And now that's settled and calmed down and I'm ready to talk about Jesus. I'm so pumped. Awesome. Yeah. What about uh, you? uh, We're surviving here in Arizona at the time of this recording. We are, we've hit records, man. It's crazy. So I've lived here almost my whole life and we hit the most consecutive streak of 110 plus ever, which like I could see like maybe, you know, this decade, but ever, which is, uh, over, I think we're hitting 22, 23 days now, which it looks like we might get up to 30 with the forecast. Uh, so the previous record was 16 consecutive days. So, which so is crazy. what do you do? Like, what do you do when it's like that? Do you just like, you can't, you don't go outside, right? <laughs> no, like everybody you, stays you, you home. You try right? to avoid it. There's, you can either swim or you can stay inside. Those are like the, the two things. And it was Ooh. crazy because we had a colder year going into April. We were we had 60s in April, which is unheard of. And so I thought, oh, we might have a, a more mild summer, but it looks like it's just right. making making up for it now. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that does not sound fun. And we were in California last week and I got burned at the beach. So I'm just having a, a bad relationship with the sun right now. So, <laughs> <laughs> OK, but but tell everybody, I know you hinted at it at a last episode, but tell everybody what you were doing in California. Right. So we went really, to, really cool. Yeah, we went to uh, Universal Studios, which I hadn't been there in over 15 years. So that was fun with the family, seeing all the new stuff they had there. The Mario Land was awesome. Highly recommended. If you love Mario, check it out. Even though there's going to be crowds, it's going to be expensive. Like if you can be OK with those things uh, going into it, which sometimes I have to psych myself up. Okay, I'm going to be paying twenty dollars for a burger or something like that. You know, <laughs> like if you can uh, get past those humps, then uh, it's worth seeing. It's not like you know you think of Mario Land's going to take you the whole day, but it, it'll take you a few hours to get through it. But you can still mm-hmm. visit the rest of the park. Uh, so we did that. We did Downtown Disney, and then we did the the beach a day. So it was fun. It was good. It was ninety degrees, which was not bad for California. Uh, well, it's not one hundred and twelve, especially coming back. From, yeah, coming out of here for sure. So. Anyway, uh, recommend. We'll do cool. again, probably. So anyway, Great. today we're going to talk to you about uh, just share the gospel, question mark. And I had <laughs> thought about this because, uh, so to set this up, you know, we see a lot of stuff online. We hear a lot of things from people, from other Christians. And a common comment that I see, at least, is the fact that people respond to either sermons you preach or messages that you post online, whether it's through Twitter or videos. A lot of times they comment with, let's just focus on the gospel, right? Yep. And it's done in a way that is almost diminutive of the issue you're trying to present, where 
uh, we don't want to focus on this over here. Let's just focus on the gospel. Now, to any right. Christian, that sounds great. Like, who does not want sure. to focus on the gospel? Like, every Christian is going to say, we love, love the gospel. Yep. The, the gospel is why we do what we do. It's why we're here. But those that say that, do it in a way that looks to diminish what you're trying to talk about. Maybe it's a cultural issue. Maybe it's a, a different part of the Bible that you're trying to address. Maybe it's a, a sensitive topic that they don't want to talk about. And so they're like, let's let's just focus on the gospel. And so yep. that left me with questions of, so what does that actually mean? What does it mean to focus on the gospel? Does that mean we only talk about what Jesus talked about? We only focus on the red letters. We only focus on the gospel, the books, the Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Yeah, like where do you draw the line, right? Yeah. yeah. Only the New Testament, and, and we leave out the Old Testament, or or what does it mean to actually focus on the gospel? And so that's what we wanted to talk about today, is that when we see issues going on in the news and Christians start to voice their, uh, you know, concerns, or they start to voice uh, whatever's happening, you know, how do we address that? And is it all related to the gospel? The answer is yes. And so how do we do that with love and grace without getting too caught up in the weeds of some cultural issues? Uh, and just for for me, you know, I posted recently about uh, the Barbie movie that came out because I, I saw a TikTok video that was very concerning of a, a, a guy on another podcast um, talking about how crazy this movie is for yep. gender roles and gender confusion and trying to push this narrative that uh, you know, uh, girls shouldn't play with Barbies. Boys can play with Barbies just as good as girls. And it go went down this whole rabbit hole. And I was right. really concerned because this is a PG-13 Barbie movie, not marketed to kids and kids are going to see it. And so anyway, I posted on Twitter like, hey, be careful when seeing this movie. This movie's not for kids, right? Totally. And, and this movie, this episode is not about the Barbie movie, but the comment I got when I posted that was that doesn't sound very loving for a Christian to say. And my 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 question was, so what do you mean that we don't address issues that are happening in the world today? Is is loving to ignore? Because I would challenge the fact that we are where we're going because so many Christians have not voiced truth in the midst of a world that is falling apart. And we've taken the back seat and let, you know, the enemy take the front seat. And yes, you know, the other side is way more vocal. They have no problem saying how they feel at the expense of everyone else that doesn't believe what they believe. And, right. and so that kind of goes along the lines with, well, just preach the gospel, just be a good Christian that talks about Jesus, and then don't talk about these these sensitive issues. Okay, so you're right on, and, and that's, the whole, that's the whole challenge, because this whole preach the gospel thing, at least in the terms that, that I've been given it and seen it, and people have commented on my stuff, or people have told me even like face-to-face, like, I wish you would just stick more to this or whatever. It's always in the context. And I say always, like not, not to be a blanket statement, like 100% of the time, mm-hmm. it is in the context of you hurt my feelings. Mm. Yep, That's like the culture we're in. We don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. And I think the church has been built that way. That's been the church. I'm not saying now this is where you got to be careful with general statements, but that that's ultimately been the church for decades. Yeah. Right. Preach the gospel, preach Jesus, but like, don't, don't make it weird. Mm-hmm. You know, don't get confrontational. Don't hurt anyone's feelings. I mean, after all, like we need these people to give. We need these people to be bought in. We need these people to serve. I mean, this is like, you know, it's a church, but it's a business, right? It's an organization. And so we need to make sure that 
you know, especially this top giver over here. Like, I don't want to talk about his sin and really go in hard on his sin. Cause what if he gets upset and stops giving? Right. Right. And so this is how it's been wired. I've, I, I wouldn't say I grew up in a church like this. Cause my dad did a pretty good job of preaching on, on uh, some tough topics, but going in like I do, he, he doesn't do, but I, I do that because of where culture is now. Like you said, like we've set ourselves up for this. And, you know, when it comes to the Barbie movie, or if you even want to focus on the fact that Oppenheimer, you know, didn't tell anybody that there was a 15 minute sex scene in the movie. And so you've got all these people that are like, Oppenheimer, 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 this is going to be awesome. Nuclear bomb's going to go off. And that's what they marketed, right? The nuclear bomb's going to go off. And then there's a literal 15 minute long front nudity sex scene in the middle of the movie. So look, it's rated R, I understand, but let's not pretend that a bunch of people are not going to sit in a theater and watch porn for 15 minutes. Like, oh, but it's tasteful. It's not like porn. It's, you know, it's tasteful nudity. Well, okay. Enjoy watching tasteful nudity while you're sitting next to your spouse. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that's inappropriate, man. It's not what we do. It's not what we stand for. So you've got these surface level baby Christians and no offense if that's you, like we've all been there, Yep. but I love you too much for you to stay there. And so the, if you're you know, the surface level baby Christian that just like everything's got to be about God's grace and God's mercy and God understand that because God has the capacity of love that he has for you, he also has the capacity for wrath. That's right. Like this is all over the Bible. This is biblical. This isn't just revelation. This is consistent with his teaching. And this is consistent with how we're made as human beings. And his wrath is done in love. His wrath is done in love. It's done with all integrity. It's not done with uh, uh, what is what is it? The famous quote from Daryl Johnson: "It's not done in beastiness, but it's done with integrity. It's done with love, and it's done perfectly." Right. And what we recognize in that is, as we are made in God's image, like we have the capacity for tremendous love and tremendous wrath. And if you don't believe me, have a child. And tell me that you don't have the capacity right. for wrath, right? Like we we do. And and this is part of our inability to handle those emotions sometimes is part of what gets us in trouble. It's part of what gets us into good things as well. So yeah. we have to recognize that. And then as, as pastors and as communicators, th- this whole preach the gospel thing, it's such a loose Christianese term that in my opinion, just means, you know, don't hurt people's feelings or don't hurt my feelings, or I'm okay with you to talk about sin as long as you don't talk about my sin, because we only have grace for people who sin like we do. That's right. So to me, preaching the gospel, first of all, the term is just, it's, it's too loose and too general and doesn't really take us anywhere and people just throw it out. But it's the whole, you know, same thing of like, don't judge, don't judge others. The Bible says, Mm -hmm. don't judge others. It's like, right. Or else you'll be judged in the same, like you're you're not reading the whole, right. You're not reading the whole scripture. Like you're just, turn the other cheek. It's like, oh, Jesus flipped tables. Like, what are we, like, you know, like, let's, let's really piece this together here. So uh, I I think for me and the way that I try to approach really everything. The, the way I try to approach this podcast, the way that I try to approach speaking on a Sunday morning, the way I try to approach every conversation is I want to point you to Jesus. Mm-hmm. 
I can tell you from my studying and I can tell you from my alone time uh, in a lot of ways what the Bible says about your specific situation. But I also understand that I probably am getting a glimpse of your specific situation. And I'm also getting the version that you're choosing to tell me at that time. So knowing that I don't hear God audibly and God's never come to me and say, say this to someone, my role is to tell you and guide you where I think God might be taking you, but ultimately leave space for the Holy Spirit to transform you because that's what the Holy Spirit does. That's not what Drew Barker does. That's what the Holy Spirit does. So everything everything I want to do in my preaching is pointing you to Jesus. And in order to do that, we, we can't just talk about the fun stuff. We can't just talk about the love, grace, and mercy, we we also have to talk about truth. Right. And the reason that we're obligated to do that is because if we really are going to point to Jesus and the way that he taught and the way that he spoke, he spoke with all grace and he spoke with all truth. Mm-hmm. So we're trying to, you know, we'll never live up to that standard, but we're trying our best to mimic that standard because that's yeah. what we're called to do. Yeah, and it's important to understand the entire Bible points to Jesus, both what was written right. before Christ and what was written after Christ. It points right. to Jesus, and and you're you've done a, a series on Revelation. Uh, we're doing a series on the Psalms, and, and both of those books point to Jesus in big ways. Absolutely. And so you can't just say like, I just like the Gospels. I just like Jesus' words. People get caught on that too, or I don't really agree with everything Paul said, or you know, Paul and Peter were, were conflicted. It's not this, not the single narrative across, you know, the entire Bible because there's differences right. in, in things. And so um there's a famous person on TikTok that talks about how the Bible is not just one cohesive thing because of all these different things. And so you hear a lot of things right. where people are like, oh well if that's true, then maybe I don't have to believe this verse that I have a problem with. I can just write it off as being, you know, cultural or I can write it off as being, well, Jesus never addressed this. So then I don't have to worry about this because only Paul addressed it. That's how we're uh, starting to split up the word now. And even in Christianity, this is not just the world talking, this is Christians doing this. And so that's why when we talk about the Old Testament or any book of the Bible, it points to Jesus. Uh, and, And so it's important to remember that and important to say too, the gospel message is so important. It is so important to say to people that you are dead in your sins. There is an answer to that, that you will never find on your own without the grace of God, that Jesus came and died and rose again and putting your faith and trust in him will give you everlasting life and give you life today and freedom from the sin that you are in. And so that's right. we're not saying that that is not an important message and should be part of our conversations, but that is like the first step in the Christian race. That's a first step for the unbeliever to come into the kingdom. And so that should be messaged Absolutely. When you're evangelizing, witnessing, talking to lost friends, talking in the church for altar calls, whatever you're doing, the gospel message is important. But what happens after that? What happens in the Christian yeah. race when you've, you know, you're off the starting line, you believe in Jesus, and now you just have to keep getting pulled back to the starting line to hear that over and over. You know, and some churches do that, right? Some churches that you yeah, only you just become re gospeled over and over, and every Sunday, and every Sunday, and every Sunday, you get the feels, and every Sunday, you're like, oh, thank God that He has 
saved me from my sins. Not that I've repented, not that I've actually spent time repenting of my sins, but I'm just like, I came on Sunday and I got this great feeling. And now you're going to go live the same way for six days and then come back. And so I want to stay right where you are for a second, because there's something really, really um, important that I think we've got to look at. So you mentioned that we're in this study of revelation. Mm-hmm. All right. So in chapter, I, man, I, I really don't want to get the chapter wrong. I, I hope I get it right, but it's, it's either 15 or 16. I think it's chapter 16. That's when it starts talking about the three angels and the two harvest. Okay. And so I'm not going to like give you my sermon here and just tell everybody like what I said, but I, I think there is one important aspect of this. The three angels that come and speak represent the exact order that we would share the gospel. Mm. It's incredible. It's so conversational. Like, I don't know about you, but for me, every time I think angel, I'm like, oh my gosh, this being that if it was ever to have a conversation with me, it would lord over me and it would scare, it would terrify me and it would just speak and it would just have this, oh man, I, I can't, I can't fathom it. Right. But then we see like in scripture, like the angel coming to Mary and the angel going to the shepherds. And and, and so what do we learn about angels? What the angel after Jesus rose from the tomb, what's the angel? The angel's conversational. Yeah. The angel's conversational, not saying you wouldn't be terrified, not saying you wouldn't be in all of the beauty, not saying you wouldn't be like, oh my, oh my gosh, I've never seen anything like this. I'm saying the angels are conversational. Yeah. Okay. So these angels show up in the text and the first angel is just proclaiming Jesus over all the earth. Yeah. So, so what would we do if we were sharing the gospel with someone who's never heard it? We would, we would just tell them about Jesus. Uh, you, you got to know about Jesus. You yeah. got to connect with Jesus. You got to be in a relationship with Jesus because the only way to the father is through him is through Jesus. So we'd start with Jesus. The second angel shows up and says, Hey, the way that y'all are living all this sexual perversion, sexual immorality, mm-mm, it goes against creation. That's not going to work out. That's not going to live up. This is the angel that says Babylon will fall, and they're really talking to Rome at the time, but Babylon will fall. Well, why will Rome fall? Well, because of their sexual perversion. John speaks to it specifically. So that's that. that would be the second step. Hey, I want you to know Jesus. I also want you to walk in obedience. And these are some things in your life that I'm recognizing or I'm recognizing in my own life that the Holy Spirit's stirring inside of me that are just not adding up. And then here comes the third angel. It's kind of the final blow. It's the final, man, I really need you to know Jesus. What's the third one? You are under God's wrath. Mm. Now, now we don't like talking about that in church. We we only like first one. Let's talk about Jesus, right? Let's just talk about, (laughs) let's just talk about Jesus. The first angel, so kind, so nice. Let's just talk about Jesus. No, we got to talk about sexual perversion and sexual immorality too. And then here's why the third one's so important. It's so important for us to understand that we're under God's wrath because as soon as we recognize that being in relationship with Jesus saves us from that wrath. Yeah. That's where our gratitude, that's where, that's where the grace, the mercy, and the gratitude falls. 
We, we, we get scared of God's wrath. You absolutely should be fearful of God. That's biblical. Fear God. If you've got a list right now in your life where you're like, hey, I've got 25 things that I'm scared of and God's 19th on your list, you better rewrite your list. Mm-hmm. That's right. You better not be more scared of Satan than you are God. Yep. So we've got to recognize that if we were to follow that flow, man, I really, if you've never been gospeled, if you've never heard the gospel, I really need you to know Jesus. But the reason we can't stop there is because biblically, Jesus never stopped there, and no one who talked about Jesus or was under Jesus's teaching, or if you go Old Testament or New Testament, no one stops there. It's this flow of Jesus, the way you're living, and then the gratitude to understand that you're under God's wrath, and he's now saved you from that by putting that wrath on Jesus. So, I mean, to say, just preach the gospel, like you're missing out, Mm -hmm. you're missing out on so much. And and in a a world that we're in right now, where we've just, man, we we have taken everything that God has created, and we've just decided to give it new names in order to justify our feelings and our sin. And it is so, it's not just dangerous. Like it's not just dangerous. It's, it's so deadly. Yeah. And so I'll, I'll tell our listeners what I, what I told my congregation this past Sunday as, as fearful as we should be of God. And as, as much as we should recognize his wrath, we also need to recognize that no one will be under God's wrath who didn't want to be. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's good. Uh, I was thinking too, you know, when Jesus sent the disciples, it was to heal the sick, to cast out devils, to proclaim the good news. And that's what the gospel is. The gospel means good news. And so good news is a lot of different things that you can be free, that we can pray for your sickness, that, you know, the enemy has no stronghold over you anymore because of the freedom in Jesus. And so even the disciples through Acts proclaimed that Jesus is Lord. But then what you see after Acts is you see all the epistles to the churches and Paul dealing with all kinds of garbage that was happening in the early church. Right. I mean, you're sleeping with your stepmother, like kick them out of the church, like all these things happening. And so was Paul not preaching the gospel because he was correcting his churches? Right. Right. So there is a such an important part we're missing there. And I would go back to what I was saying, too. If you're in a church that just preaches a gospel message every Sunday, like that could be the vision they have. That could be the area they're in more of an evangelistic type of church. Uh, But for you personally, you have to go deeper, and so maybe that means you're you're getting discipled by somebody. You're in a small group. You're you're seeking out more than just Sunday. That yep. you know a good church will provide if it's if it's if that's their focus. Um, you might be also in a church that is preaching uh, more of messages like let's say you're in a, a six weeks sermon series on marriage and you're not married, right? <laughs> right. What do you do then? Like, how do you go go deeper in the word? if you're not necessarily getting it on Sunday morning, it doesn't mean you leave the church, like be led by God. Don't just be led by your feelings. Don't just be led by, they're not doing exactly what you want them to do because no church will. Uh, Right. But also it's up to you personally, if you're not getting fed, go find the food because there's food out there to be had. And I, I guarantee, like I said, a good church will have small groups, will have deeper Bible studies that you can dive into. And that takes extra time. That takes some work that takes, yeah, Stepping out of just the one hour on Sunday we give to God and (laughs) devoting your week 
to read the word for yourself, to go through commentaries, to to journal all these things that will allow us to go deeper. And I would say too, the gospel message can can get us uh, Christians who've been around for a while. We can become callous to it. So that's yep. the other aspect of this: is that yeah, preach the gospel. I've heard it. I want to move on. Ultimately, we never quite move on from that because that is how we got started in Christ. That's where we how we share it to the lost. And if you become callous to that, then you probably need to hear it again and let it actually sear you, uh, you know, hard soften your hardened heart. Yeah. So you never go past the gospel like, oh, I'm 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 on level 400 now. I'm, I don't need to go <laughs> right. to level 100. Right. We're not saying right. that either. Just when you talk about our roles as pastors and what we share from the stage or what we share online, because yep. in a church, you're going to have most people in your building that will know Christ. So then yep. when we share online, uh, online is more evangelistical in nature because there's a lot of people that might come across your reel or your post that don't know Christ. And so, yeah, is that, so whenever I post on Facebook, it's only, you know, turn to Jesus, he died for your sins, repent and believe, right? Is that the only thing I'm ever allowed to post? Oh, yes. You can't do anything else. Right? Absolutely. So, How dare you speak about cultural situations? Right. So that becomes the balance of what we're trying to figure out here, you know, in this episode and, and to allow you listeners to think too, when, when yeah. we say these things, what what is the right stance on a church's social media, my personal right. social media, um, you know, my, my social media should not be filled with things that don't let on to the fact that I'm a Christian, right? But right. at the same time, you know, not every single post needs to be the gospel message verbatim. Yeah, I agree. I mean, my my social media posts, man, I'm, I'll be honest, I'm pretty erratic with how I think I should be on social media. Like sometimes, I can't tell you, I mean, I don't know if you're like me, I, don't, I can't tell you how many times I've typed something out and then deleted it. <laughs> I can't, I can't oh, yeah. tell you. Oh man, so many. And it's not always bad. Sometimes I think it's really, really good. And I'm just like, nah, it's not worth it today. Like, because I, I just <laughs> it's know not worth it's it. Yeah. That's really so the thing. Do more. I want this fight today? <laughs> right. Right. You know, but I posted something the other day. I, I saw a video from a lady had a great perspective on uh, gender and what that means as parents. And, um, you know, for me, that's a really hot button uh, topic because I have two children. Um, they're both going to be going to private school. The reason we're doing that is because we don't trust, um, you know, public school right now and what's happening. Mine too. So, um, you know, it, it was a great perspective video and I, I shared it on Facebook. And of course, I got... But not comments, Facebook messages after Facebook messages of people that are at progressive Christianity kind of churches and think that it's offensive and, you know, think that I should just preach the gospel and share things that are sweet and nice and don't have any tension in it. Because, you know, after all, Jesus never spoke about anything that gave people tension, right? <laughs> That's me being sarcastic. Yeah. Um, so it it's it's a really... It's a gray area, but I think at the end of the day, as long as you're pointing people to Jesus in whatever form you decide to do that, then you can be you and and be natural. So, I mean, there's there's times where I'm posting that video, and then there's times where I'm posting something sports-related or cars-related because I love sports and I love cars. I, I do think for our listeners, you know, you made the comment about recognizing what kind of church you're in and then letting God lead you in what kind of church you should be called into. I know for a fact, someone who's listening to this is probably 
either searching for a church right now, or they've already made up their mind that they don't need church and they'll just watch online or something like that. Cause that's the new cool thing to do. Right. I get up on Sundays. I spend an hour in front of my television. I was going to do that anyway. And then I have my whole day and I don't have to see anybody or whatever. And so we just throw out the whole biblical precedent of, you know, not forsaking worshiping with believers, not forsaking being in community with one another. We, we get past the whole thing of like contributing financially and pulling our finances together so that we can have a greater impact on the community around us. Yeah. We, we don't like all that. We just preach the gospel. We just want the gospel. Right. So uh, what I would encourage people to do is you need to recognize how disciplined you are in your own life. And that should greatly impact what kind of church you go to. Um, if you are not a disciplined individual, and what I mean by that is like, you don't make to-do list. You don't have really a lot of stuff on your calendar. You're not a morning person. You, you kind of just go with the flow. You do your job, but you're not really striving to do anything better in your job. You're just not a disciplined person. You don't remember things like people have to tell you things over and over. And over. Like if you're that person and there's nothing wrong with being that person, we've all had that kind of season of life. Like if you're in that place, you might need to go to a, a, a church that isn't just going to preach the gospel to you every single Sunday, because my guess would be that you'll never do the work yourself, right. that you'll never be structured and disciplined enough to get into the Bible on your own, that you'll never be structured and disciplined enough to have quiet time on your own, and that you won't learn how to be structured and disciplined enough to be in community with others. So you won't join small groups. You won't serve. You won't do that. Now, again, it's my guess. And I'm guessing that because, you know, I used to work at a pretty large church and this church would preach to the entire world. And so many people didn't like the fact that we were just preaching the first layer of the gospel every Sunday. Well, you know, there are churches where that's the mission, that's the vision, that's the goal. And when you're speaking to 38,000 people physically and tens of millions online, sometimes you don't have the ability to get to that second and third layer because right. you have so many new people coming in. So what do you do? Well, you create great systems and strategies for disciplined people to get into small groups and to get into serving and to get into disciplines in their life. And what I found is that church mixed with an uh, a not disciplined person, it just didn't work well. So if you're not disciplined, you need to find a church that's not just trying to throw the surface level at you every Sunday, but that ultimately is going to grow you Sunday after Sunday after Sunday. And I believe that that will stir in you some type of uh, want and need and hunger to get into the word more and more and more. If yeah. you are a very disciplined person, then, hey, you can go to a, you know, what we would call a seeker friendly church um, and and probably have no issue. But I think we have to understand ourselves and then be led by God of, of where we go to church and you know, don't just go to the fun church that gives you all the feels. Go yeah. to a church that that's going to align and match up with how disciplined you are in your own life. Yeah, that's the other side of this too. The seeker friendly churches that don't share the gospel message. Yep. It's just mm -hmm. you're good. God loves you the way you are. You have oh, all the power, oh, all oh, the power oh. within you to do everything you ever want to do and and fulfill your wildest dreams. Now go and do them. Uh, that's the other side of this too. Like, Ooh. yeah, I would tell that church, you need to preach the gospel, right? Like yep. you need to preach the gospel because it's not <laughs> coming out of your pulpit. Right. Uh, I just saw a video on uh, TikTok this week from uh, an ecumenical church. I don't know the denomination or if it was one, it's a big it was word. one of the unilateral, you know, every everybody's right in their own way. And one of the things sure. she said is that all of our different churches are allowed to look at every religion out there and every book that was written and allow them to find truth for themselves. 
every one of their churches. So they're under this umbrella, but then every church is allowed to create truth for themselves. And then she even addressed Jesus. Some weeks we'll talk about Jesus. Other weeks we won't. I'm just like, is this, this is a what tr- else you going to talk about? Jason Aldean and Beyonce? Like, or is this oh what gosh. we're doing now? Yeah. I mean, she had, you know, a rainbow robe on, of course, and all these things. And all these people were retweeting it or, uh, you know, resharing it on TikTok and giving yeah, comments. I, but this is, this and then is what, do right, this what do we not say about that? Like, like, what do we say? What do we do? Right. I, I feel so to... handcuffed. Yep. I feel so handcuffed, Tim. Like, so if I, if I go on Facebook and I'm like, this is wrong. It's on so many levels. Okay. Like let's, okay, look, let's even take out the, the debatable woman pastor. Okay. Cause, cause that's a, like, you really want to get some buzzwords. Like, there you go. That'll get people talking. Like, what do you, where do you stand? What do you do? We could bring in the whole SBC on it. All right. So (laughs) rainbow and LG, you know, LGBTQ plus our IRL, whatever letters they have <laughs> yeah. every letter they uh-huh. have all the letters now it's all the letters and and then we're gonna then we're gonna say you can find your truth yep you can find your own truth well then I don't need you right then I don't need you now you're just a club you know club cult yeah. hangout uh school um after school program, weekend mm-hmm. program, you're just a, a group of people. That's literally the definition anything. of a cult is a fringe belief across from the, you know, the norm. Yeah. In, in I, like, a, in well, a, I just, I, and, and then if we say anything, then I'm the bad guy. Yeah. I'll get banned. I'll get canceled. You know, I, heaven forbid I go on Facebook and say, this is wrong on so many levels and we shouldn't stand for this. I'll, oh my gosh, I'd get obliterated. I'd probably Facebook have my post taken you. down. They'll ban me. Dude, I, man, I can, uh, you know, you've been banned before, but like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which I love. I love that you've been banned. Yeah. I have posted things about Jesus that no one has ever seen. I can tell because as soon as I post something, and I mean immediately, I have usually like 30 to 70 interactions with it mm-hmm. within a couple hours. There are things that I've posted that have like three interactions in a couple hours. And I'm like, yep, Facebook doesn't want that. Yep. They don't want Jesus. Same. They don't want yep. that stuff. And this is where it's so important. So this goes back to, do we just preach the gospel? This is why it's so important for your congregation to hear more than just this gospel good news story and hear everything else because they're going to be censored on social media. They're going to be censored at the workplace. They're going to be censored in a lot of places. The one place they haven't been censored yet is conversationally face-to-face with another human being. And if your congregation doesn't know how to present the gospel to someone, and your congregation doesn't know any of the reasons that that's important, mm-hmm. then then you're failing as a church. And you're I just I I just firmly believe that if if I can't go to somebody who's been attending your church and say, "Tell me what your church stands for and tell me why Jesus should matter to me," I mean, they should be able to. I, I should have to tell them enough. Stop talking, right? Because they have so much on it. Right. So we've got to get to that level. That's really important because um, you're not going to be able to rely on Twitter and TikTok and your phone. Yeah. And I think it was 
possibly Augustine that said, preach the gospel and if necessary, use words. Like your life <laughs> is an action, is, is a demonstration of the gospel and what God has done in you. And so when people see your life, they should see the love of Christ. They should see the patience, the fruit of the spirit that comes out when your interactions with people. And so that's how they hear about Jesus. Even if you don't say the gospel words verbatim, if you go up to somebody and say, I want to pray with you. I know God has a, uh, has a word for you, has a message for you. God loves you. If you're telling that to people, they see the love of Christ through you and that draws them mm -hmm. in. Even if you never see them become saved, you're planting the seeds and, and for them to meet Jesus. Like it's not about yeah. meeting your pastor. It's not about meeting you or coming to your building. It's about them meeting Jesus for themselves for the first time. And that's what our focus should be and what you see or what we should see. And as we talk about, you know, revival and how we need that more than ever, which we do, revival doesn't yeah. just happen in a church building. It happens in a church community, it happens in a church city, it happens in an area that is being impacted by the good news of Jesus Christ, by the Christians who are stepping up and being Christ-like. Uh, a good example of this, Love I it. talked to a pastor uh, that I had lunch with and he said he visited uh, Bethel in Redding, California. Now, some people already hair went up in your head when I mentioned Bethel, and I'm not going to go down that road, but let me tell you a story. Harry then... Joe Bethel or Brandon Lake Bethel? Which one? <laughs> so he's, he, this is what he said. He said he visited them for a conference in Redding, California, and they went out to eat and they asked to pray for the waitress at their table, like, like a good Christian does, right? The waitress sure. said, I'm good on prayer. I've had three people come up to me already today and ask for prayer. I just want to do my job. And I'm like, okay, that's a city that has Christians being Christ-like praying for people, right? And he even talked to awesome. someone who lived there for over 30 years and, and the change in the city as Bethel has grown and has its- That's footprint. sick. I love that. That's what we should see in our communities, regardless of theology and what you think about Bethel. Your church should have an yep. impact in the community. You should be able yep. to say that- you're bringing people off the streets and into your building that that at the moment don't look Christ-like, that have dirt yep. on them, that need the patience and the love of Christians to not condemn them for still smoking or still having sex. Like you Preach need that. people to come into your building that can be shown the love of Christ, be shown that there's something better, and then be drawn to Christ through what they see, because they're not going to see Jesus manifested in the flesh. They're going to see us in the image of God in that building. And yep. you talked about, about this before, the importance of hospitality and love as people enter the building and come to the kingdom. That's how we preach the gospel. It's not the job of your pastor only. It's not the job of your famous yep. people on social media. It's us being the church, loving the unlovely. I love it. Man, That's you're, you're so right. And how thankful we should be that we have an opportunity to love people while they're still stuck in sin yeah. and stuck in a bad place. How heavy it should weigh on us to recognize where we were when Jesus found us and the people that it took to pull us out of that and to recognize what we were living in and to point us to Jesus and allow the Holy Spirit time to work on us. I mean, dude, I'm 36 years old. I still need time. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, I still need time. I just got so much to work on. I'm not I'm not where I used to be, which is great, but I'm still not where I like want to be. It's not where yeah. I'm supposed to be, I feel like, you know? Yeah. 
So we, we need that and we don't need people to condemn each other. We need people to love. I, I heard this pastor one time, he was doing this sermon. He's not a pastor. I would even, I'm not going to say his name because I wouldn't recommend you, you listen to him, but it was, it was a really good moment. He talked about how a lot of times because of our dirt, we'll pull away from Jesus. And a lot of times because of our dirt, we'll pull away from Christians. And what we need to recognize is that when God breathed life into us, he breathed life into us from the dirt. Right. And so we shouldn't run away from Jesus because of our dirt. In fact, we should recognize that he's attracted to it, mm. that Good. he seeks it out, Yeah. that, that that's, that's who we are. That's where we come from. Yeah. So it's a, it's a loose metaphor, but ever since I heard it, I'm like, man, that's, that's how I want to be. You know, I, I want to be the guy that when, when I see somebody stuck in sin, I'm like, dude, did you see that person? I'm like, nah, man, I, I got to go talk to them. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's, that's how we should be living it out. So yeah. even right now, just, just talking about it, it's crazy. So, all right. So I have a question for, for our listeners, you talked about what they could do or, or what churches have done in praying for their waiter and waitress. We've talked about, should we just preach the gospel? We've talked about how it has to go deeper than that. How can our listeners, as they're hearing this today, how can they make an impact? How can they take a step towards that? You know, it's John Maxwell who says, what do we know? And, and now that we know what we know, what do we do? Right. Yeah. And so what we know is that we, we have to go deeper than just Jesus loves you. We have to go deeper sometimes than just all the mercy and grace. But we also recognize that our number one goal in everything, not just with our life, great quote, by the way, from Augustine, incredible. Mm -hmm. um, we have to recognize that not just from our life and the way we live, but with the words that we speak, that it's a testimony and that it should point to Jesus. So now that we know that, what do we do with that? Right. That is your individual journey in, in, in a lot of ways, because when I think about that, my the immediate thing I think of is that every day has its opportunities for that. Every single day. It's not that you have to learn so much. You have to get to this point. You've gone to church for so long. You have to do all these things to then, okay, now I can be used by God, right? Right. You have to be able to wake up every day and say, God, what are we doing today? Like, Holy Spirit, Draw me into what your plans and purposes are for my day, for my life, and allow me to see the God moments, the God opportunities that you're going to show me at work, yep. at school, in my family, yep. and allow me to be obedient to step into those and to show others your love. Like if you pray that in the morning, be surprised that God's going to answer that and, and you're going to yeah. start to see situations for what they are spiritually instead of physically it's not just about an angry kid it's not just about you know a spouse that is worried about the dishes uh, right. it's not just about someone an angry customer at work that is is yelling at you and hates your business there's a deeper <laughs> layer at play right. in all those situations right. and everything we counter, encounter there's something deeper going on spiritually in the right. spirit realm and so when we pray into that when we ask god to use us then we start to see excitement we should be excited because God will open up those doors. We just have so many people right now in our church that are bringing people in from, from their businesses. Like it's so exciting. Yep. We have a barber who's cutting hair and I swear every you know other person I ask, how'd you hear about us? They say, oh, he's getting my haircut. I was like, oh, I know who you saw. You <laughs> getting my haircut, right? He's like, well, we, we start to 
minimize our impact by saying, well, uh, maybe once a month I'll go and, you know, go to the streets and and preach to people or, or share what, you know, we say like, oh, we start to pigeonhole ourselves into what we can do, but literally every day we have those opportunities if we're just looking yep. for them. Perspective shift. Yeah. Prayer, perspective shift. Uh, I think, I think that's really encouraging and you're right. As soon as you start praying for that, as soon as you start looking for that and those opportunities, they're going to come. Making yourself available to God is one of the best things you can do. Mm-hmm. Following through on where he takes you in that journey yeah. is equally as exciting. Um, so yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I, I think that's great. Now, now we know, now we know what we know. Now we know what we can do. And uh, I just encourage our listeners be disciplined in that, you know, like Tim just said, start your days off praying for that. Um, if you're, if you're like me and if, if you're one of those people that's like, you know what, if it's not on my calendar, I'm not going to do it. Cool. Put it on your calendar, put a reminder every morning at 6am or 7am or 8am or 9am or whenever you do and have it recurring every yeah. single day and just put on their prayer right. or just put on there, you know, asking God for opportunities, but title it what you want out of it. Right. Yeah. Title it what you're hoping to see and then pray for that. I, th- I think if we're diligent and we're disciplined in that level of prayer and obedience, then we're going to be, we're going we're gonna to make an impact in a really yeah. great way. The final thought there's a helpful thing that might be good is the YouVersion Bible app I noticed has a prayer function and you can actually yes. set reminders on there to pray. And you're like, well, that doesn't sound very organic. Well, let's think of it this way is that other religions pray three times a day on schedule and they right. do it without fail. Right. And as Christians, sometimes it's hard for us to pray once a day. So if you need to schedule it, like Drew was saying, then do it, uh, schedule it once, twice, three times a day, right? So that you're actually spending a minute, five minutes, however yep. long you want to spend on prayer. If we believe in yep. the importance of prayer, we would do it more often. I've said that before. That's right. Well, thanks for joining us. Let us know your thoughts on sharing the gospel and let us know God's stories if you come across God's stories. And we would love to hear those as well. And until next time, go with God, grow in discernment, and keep your eyes on Jesus. Thanks for joining us on the Eyes on Jesus podcast with Drew and Tim. Don't forget to hit subscribe. If this episode blessed you, please share it with a friend. Check out the show notes for more ways to connect with the hosts of the show.